This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 434 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and TotalSaddleFit.com. Today, we're going to try and cover some listener questions in our second monthly listener call-in show. Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, hey, Phil. Hey, hey guys. Jen, how are you? We haven't talked in a long time. I know. I know. Well, Jen, we are so glad you're back. And thankfully, you guys made it through the hurricane, but it sounds like it was quite, uh, quite a, a rough go of it there for a bit. The, the state of Florida was pretty stressed out for about a week. Yeah. Yes. yes. Pretty yes. stressed out. We, uh, we, made, we made it through relatively unscathed. Good. Good. And I would say Scary. we're about 80% back up and running now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been really stressful. It's just enough to, to, for us to record our show. Just. Yes. Yes. Just enough. We're, we're here. So we, we are sorry to everybody. We know we missed a couple shows, but the Horse Radio Network got hit by the hurricane um, and was down. So uh, we are sorry. We've missed you guys. Uh, we all pray for Puerto Rico now and, and, and everybody that's been affected by the hurricanes. It's really been quite quite a couple months. So we really are with you guys and we're sorry. We're sorry we weren't here, but there was no Horse Radio Network there for a little bit. And Jen, we're glad you're good. You're okay. We're, we're back in business, so to speak. So uh, let's have at it. <laughs> let's have at it. Well, have Phil, it. Well, another, I've missed you. Yeah, another reason why we didn't really get to talk a lot there, Reese, is you, you left. I did. I did. <laughs> well, well, you know, we always say that horse trainers don't get time off, but we we can. Uh, it just has to be incredibly well orchestrated. So I actually went to the regional finals um, the third week in September, um, and I had are a great you, regional. We are two. We are region two, and it was in Cincinnati. Um, And we had a great, great show. Actually, you know, when you go to to especially regional finals, and your horses do as well as they can do, you can't ask for anything more. It doesn't matter placings. It doesn't matter anything. It just means uh, I was thrilled. So um, uh, Elon Court, my big horse, did a great job. He's He is pretty green at um, uh, the Intermediate One. He's actually only done at now uh, officially four Intermediate Ones, and he had a 69% and was fifth in a huge class. I think there were 35 uh, and qualified for nationals in the technical yeah. test. And then came out the next day. Uh, he has literally only done, uh, he did two tests to qualify at the Intermediate One Freestyle. And he had uh, 70.9, so basically 71%. And uh, going to nationals on that too. So could not be more thrilled on how he did. I mean, that Intermediate One test is, it's hard. It takes a lot of strength. And he's eight. So uh, we are thrilled. We're going to nationals. So super excited. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. Phil has been a big part of this horse's development. And so for all of us, the whole team, it's really exciting. And uh, Mm -hmm. then, yeah, yeah, then the baby horse, Follow Me, who you guys have all heard about when I got him in January. Uh, He did a great job. Uh, He was fifth in the 
day-long training level class um, and also fifth in the, the first level open. I mean, these are incredibly big classes. And technically, there's something about he may be qualified for nationals. Um, I elected to not um, take him. Uh, there's something, I don't know how it works. They, they If you're in the top five of the class, you somehow could get in if you want to go. I'm, I, I don't, they call it the wild card score or something? Yeah, it's it's not the wild card score. It's something else. It's kind of like the wild card score. I'm I'm kind of fuzzy on how I got the Maybe letter like, that he... We, you're nice and we like you. You get to yeah, go? Yeah, well, you can get to go. Well, no, it's like if you finish in the top five of your regionals, um, you can declare to go, and then you're sort of on a waiting list, oh, if okay. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you're sort you're of like a wild card. For as many people as they can. Right, national. exactly. Yeah, yeah so if they're a little yeah, yeah, I get spare from sense. the region to area or spare in general, they'll pull horses from yeah. the region that can get here quick. Um, but anyways, I, I decided not to take him. It's you know it's expensive to show at nationals, and it would be great experience. But uh, with Elon Court going, I like to be able to sort of focus on on the big guns, and uh, you know I'll just ride the baby. Um, I'm ten minutes away, so he so he's gonna stay home basically. And uh, then I had uh, Pam McKee and Marcus is a horse that I ride for for a wonderful client, uh, and he qualified for the first level uh, freestyle. So he's going, uh, which is going to be great fun. And uh, Alston Kerr, uh, another one of my students, qualified. So we've got a big group going to nationals, which is a lot of fun. I had one other student that just missed it by two-tenths of a point, the wild card score. But, uh, those little um, things matter. Huh? They matter. I mean, they every matter. Hall. She, every yeah, every hall, every, every everything. matters. Yes, it does. <laughs> and and when, when, when you're talking about certainly the lower-level amateur divisions, um, Oh, yeah, they're really incredibly you have to be perfect really to uh they, those also i think that was a day and a half long class i mean it, it just went on forever i left i was like i love you guys but i'm out <laughs> i'm going home uh but anyways really exciting so we have a good group going to national finals and uh we're all really really looking forward to it and and i'm a fan uh it, so if anybody's out there and they're like should i go should i not um you know i am a fan of if you make a national championship you should go it, you never know what will happen and kind of seize the moment. So really looking forward to, to yeah. that experience. So, yeah, so that'll be. So so then um, I taught my class at UK on Monday. I teach a, a global sport horse industry class on Monday at the University of Kentucky. So I taught my class and we were on a plane uh, that next Tuesday and we went to Germany. And actually, I did not do anything horsey, Phil. Can you believe it? Uh, I was just a tourist. Uh, a little my disappointed, husband, actually. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Well, my husband was not interested. In, yeah, I tried he, to he wouldn't have it, eh? Nope. I tried to go to the tax shop, uh, and actually, we ran out of time, and and it was fine. It was it was kind of a bummer, yeah. but I really don't need to spend the money. I I can always find something in there to buy. Um, but we had a great time. We did all kinds of things. We ended up. Uh, the main goal was to go to Oktoberfest. Uh, that was what my husband and his uh, best friend wanted to do for their 40th birthday. So that's what we did, and we had a heck of a time. Uh, Oktoberfest, if anybody can ever go to the Oktoberfest in, in Munich, I highly recommend it. It was it's just a wonderful experience of people sitting and drinking beer and having a good time, so that was cool. Singing songs? Did you sing any of the Oktoberfest? Oh, oh, we sang songs. We did all kinds of things. Yeah, it was great, and it was really, really fun. We met people from Brazil and Australia and Germany and Holland, and I mean, it was just it was just a really cool thing to do. Um, and then we did some touristy things. Uh, actually, went to the. It's not a fun experience, but something I think everybody should do is we went to the Dachau concentration camp. 
so that was um, a hard thing to do, but uh, something I think just in general for culture. We did that, and uh, then we spent a couple days in Salzburg. If anybody could ever go to Salzburg, it's it's wonderful, and they were also having a festival, so we we enjoyed that as well. So it was really a, a personal trip, but you know, always I, I, people say, oh, you, you know, how can you go on vacation and have horses? Well, I can tell you, I talked to my assistant every day, and uh, there was not one complaint from my my uh, boys about the fact that they had the week off. They were tired; they had a really big summer, and and so they all enjoyed a little time in the pasture and grooming and theraplating, and and uh, so it was good. So that's what I've been up to, and. Uh, so it's been it's been a busy couple of weeks, and but a really fun. And I'm now back, and and my horses are, feel great and rested, and and now on to nationals. So that's our plan. So that's what we're up to. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Well, we got a bit of a longer show, so maybe we should just get to our just first. Started. Yeah. Listener. Um, we have uh, two auditors, HRN auditors, who um, are going to call into the show today, and we're going to cover their dressage questions and try and help them out and. Uh, Hope everybody enjoys the interviews. Yeah, so we're going to get the party started with our first question and uh, with joy. Well, tonight on our listener uh, question show, we are super excited to have Joy Orr from Hartford, Michigan on. Joy, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Well, we are thrilled to have you. So, Joy, start us off. What is your question for Phil and I? Well, maybe you could tell us about your horse first a little bit, and then we can get into the questions about, you know, <laughs> give us point. an age, a breed, a size, what you've been up to, and sure. then we can get into the questions. Sure. Um, so I just celebrated my four months with my OTTB Astrid. Uh, she's a six-year-old mare um, that I got from New Vocation. Um, and it's, she's my first OTTB, so it's been a really awesome journey. I don't want to say a challenge. It's been an awesome journey. Um, and it's, I've always had Arabs, so it's always, it's a huge difference. <laughs> and and why, um, why is it a huge difference? Tell us a little bit about the difference in the breeds that you're seeing. Yeah. So my parents used to breed Arabs, so I've grown up with Arabs my whole life. Um, and the biggest difference I found is the movement is huge. Um, Arabs are a little bit more bouncy, um, I call it like their pixie trots because they're so animated. And I found that I've gotten really accustomed to that style. So when I first got on Astrid, it was like, she felt like a cat. It was very odd. And we had this weird balance issue going on for the first week or two until I could adjust to her movement. Um, and then just personality too. Um, I really find with um, Astrid that she's always looking for that finish line, not to use a racehorse pun. <laughs> um <laughs> But she's always ready to go that extra mile. She's very willing. And my Arabs are willing, but it's, it's different because they're always looking for a way to find a shortcut out of the work. They're very big problem solvers. And it's, it's fun. Um, some of my thoroughbred friends are always saying, if you can ride an Arab, you can ride any horse. <laughs> um, just because they are so smart yeah. about it. Smart. Yeah. Really, really smart. <laughs> and where did yeah, you find so Astrid? How'd you find her? Um, yeah, it's actually kind of an odd story. Um, so I found her on November, in November on Facebook. My friend Kyle Rothfuss, who's a um, new vocations advocate, took her in as a foster horse. And I was not looking for another horse at the time. I already had three, um, and all of them were project horses. <laughs> wow. Um, and I, I saw her, and I was like, oh, no. 
and my boyfriend, he's like, what, what's going on? Like, we're getting another horse. <laughs> How do you know? I'm like, I know. My husband's like, what are you we doing? Can't, we can't just visit his it. farm. We can't go just see like the that. horse because she will come home with us. I just saw a picture. I didn't even read the description and she was nothing that I wanted. Um, I was not looking for a thoroughbred. I didn't want a chestnut. My next horse, I wanted to be like a big black gelding. Um, <laughs> and I have a 15-1 chestnut with no white on it. I like my chestnuts to at least be flashy. Um, <laughs> so she was exactly what I didn't want. And I didn't need another project horse. I wanted to, if I was going to get a horse, I wanted it to be finished. Cause I've never had a finished horse. Um, so that's, that was something I was hoping to get. Anyway, so I ignored Kyle for a long time and never went to visit him. I was like, I can't go to your farm. You have to come to me. Um, and so we did that until February. And in between that, a home had been lined up for her. And the woman showed up with a pony trailer. So Kyle said no to that deal, brought her back home. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was. Even though she's pretty small for a thoroughbred, that pony trailer wasn't going to work. Whoa. Um, and so in February, I finally agreed to come out to his farm. He's been doing like this rescue fostering program. I'm sorry, I have birds in the background if you hear them. Um, okay. It's kind of a zoo in my house right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I went out there and I said, okay, but we're not riding. And he said, okay. So I get there and he hands me a helmet and I get on Astrid and immediately we had that connection. Um, and he hadn't worked with her. He'd been on her once in November and then she sat in the pasture. Um, so it was really remarkable how willing she was for me um, in the beginning. And we just immediately connected and I knew she was coming home, but I still didn't buy her yet. <laughs> um I said, well, I'm moving, because at the time I was in Ann Arbor, I'm moving to Hartford because I took over my parents' farm. So I don't have a job. I don't know if I can support another horse. I'm like, if someone else comes up, sell her to them. The horse comes first, but that's what I want. And then the next, in April, I got a job offer, a really great job offer. And the day before, Kyle had told me that he was going to put her on the market and asked me for like the final, do you want to buy her? I said, I haven't heard back yet. Very next morning, I get a call. Great job offer. I start like in four days. And so I called Kyle and I bought the horse. <laughs> so it was a very long process. It was just meant to be. <laughs> oh, that great. Is that's great. Awesome. Yeah, that's nice the way it goes, it goes around and, and yeah. uh, that's the horse yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's get to your question. What, what do you, what's, what's the challenge? Yeah. I have a, a couple, but I'll, I'll try to keep them quick. They're all involving greenies because that's kind of been my struggle. Um, the thing I've noticed recently is um, if you have any exercises or suggestions for um, green horses who tend to be very tense, specifically in that pole through top, top line area, um, that's what I'm noticing. I just had a horse massage therapist out in um, we're noticed, I don't know if she's building top line, which is the issue, but we've noticed that she likes to stay very stiff up there in the beginning of any ride. And I want to know if you have any exercises that you guys like to do to loosen up your young horses. You take it first, Phil. That, this is, oh, okay. this is more up Phil's alley. <laughs> so Phil, you, you, you go first. <laughs> um, 
um, for me, it's all about bending in the warm up. So um, I have a lot of horses, and um, it, you know, just to start the ride, they they tend to just mm-hmm. want to hold their top line, and and so um, I'm going to give you a little bit of advice, and it's to be taken with a little bit of uh, caution. But I do mm-hmm. tend to overbend the green horses um, quite a bit in the warm up. And, okay. and it's just the type of horse, you know, and so, and, and when I teach people and I have this kind of situation, um, I, mm-hmm. I tell the rider to, it's okay, you know, put them on a big circle. It's okay to, mm-hmm. to move the neck past the point of the shoulder and to allow the, the shoulder to drift out the other way. If it's for, if it's for, uh, the purpose of loosening the horse up, you know, in the first 10, maybe 20 minutes. So that, okay. so that I get a, so I get kind of the wet noodle feeling, you know, that the horse is ready for me to straighten them and, and ride them a little bit more forward. So, um, like I said, this is a little bit of a cautionary thing. I, you know, I don't want anyone to take like, you know, and turn the nose to your, to the knee, to your knee or whatever. But, you know, generally in, in lessons, you're told not to bend the horse too far, you know, or to bend them past mm-hmm. the point of the shoulder and to watch the horse drifting. But, you know, I, I like to to do this a little bit and then worry about the drifting later as a secondary problem. I got to get the horse to my outside rein and really have a loose, relaxed outside rein. It doesn't have a, that's why I tell people it doesn't have a job yet. So just let it, Mm -hmm. let the outside rein go loose and just kind of, you know, through the walk and through the trot, not too much in canter because you're going kind of a lot faster and it's, it's harder to manage, Mm -hmm. but in the walk and in the trot to just bend to the, into the inside quite a bit. And then I would, and then I'll bend a little bit to the outside, is you know, see, feel the horse if they can get, if I can get them a little bit relaxed, and then bend them back to the inside, or put them up on a figure eight or a serpentine, and just use a little bit of that overbending so the horse can learn to just give a little bit more and relax a little bit more, and travel through their body. So, so not really adding a ton of energy into this phase of the thing, just just kind of getting the horse ready to accept the energy. Um, that would be my, my, my advice on, on this situation. Reese, do you have so, any thoughts? So Phil, yeah. So I, I love this because I also think that what you're doing is sort of getting the tension out of the horse's back. Wouldn't yeah. you also say that? I mean, you're, you're sort of moving the horse and asking the horse to supple and bend. I kind of call that yoga for horses. You yeah, know, I have some preparation horses. for, yeah, for just, energy and power and connection and collection and and, you know, and even within this, I would do a little bit of leg yielding, encourage the shoulder to step out a little bit. So, so what you're doing is you're actually shortening, like really shortening one side of the horse so you can stretch the outside of the horse, really stretch the outside. And then, and then on the other okay. way and vice yeah, versa, so making, and then you'll end up with a horse. The inside, of, the inside of the horse's neck, the inside of the neck shorter and the outside of the neck longer. Yeah. Right. So that's, you're just saying, Hey, I'm going to make your neck shorter on this side so you can stretch the outside of your body, not just neck, but like pull to yeah, from... trying to do the whole body. That's where the leg yield comes in a little bit, yeah. but, uh, and yeah, and I even, go, I, yeah, I'll go a little bit. I go pretty far with that, you know, not to your knee or anything, but I would go, you know, mm-hmm. beyond the point of the shoulder, you know, to just see if you can encourage that, that relaxation and stretching before you really start connecting and riding the horse. No, and I think that that's such a good thing, especially because, you know, I, I work with a lot of thoroughbreds, you know, here in Lexington. This is, you know, probably at least 50% of the horses I work with on a daily basis are thoroughbreds because that's what we have here, mm-hmm. right? Those are the horses. We can get them uh, 
every day you can find a horse off the track and uh <laughs> next week we have the retired racehorse project here in lexington so there's a lot of baby thoroughbreds that are coming in and and i have a few horses that are going to the horse park so it's lots of fun and that's become a huge um kind of event and you know one of the things that they have because again when they're especially if they've raced they have been trained you know they've been trained mm-hmm to to really work to the left and jog to the right so a lot of times you'll have trouble with horses um as you're working them and they're green off the track i, I can't remember is your mare off the track she is oh, off did, the track yeah yeah so you know so again you know, think of how they were trained they've already they have baggage if you want to say that you know they had mm-hmm. had a career already so you have to think about that as you're training them and you know they like again they're they're really trained to go hard to the left so a lot of times mm-hmm. you'll have a lot of tension going to the right because they're stiff, like yeah well whoa, they can be whoa. stiff to the left too because they mm-hmm. run and sure. stiff in that way I, you know I, on the thoroughbreds everybody says they should be good to the left and no good to the right but uh, i haven't not really necessarily yeah yeah not necessarily so you have they to like think to go about fast that. to the left and slow to the right Right. (laughs) Or that's what they've been trained to do. So, you know, so Mm -hmm. I think these are things as you're training and as you're thinking about it, you really have to say, okay, you know, this is what she's really good at. This is maybe what she isn't, you know, this is what she's been trained to do. So I think what Phil's saying Mm -hmm. with this sort of bending work is phenomenal. And one of the things you really want to say, okay, come on, we can use our body a little bit this way and we can use our body again this way. Um, The biggest thing that you don't want to do, which is what Phil's saying, is ride them straight and flat. Because mm-hmm. that's how they've been trained. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you want to say, like, oh, okay. counteract gonna... that a little bit. Yeah. Right. You've got to do Make it, it, make it a little way. bit different for them. And then, you know, and what I'm saying is that, you know, people ride with a lot of rules in dressage. And they say, you know, I can go a little bit outside of this rule to get a point across and to help a horse um, make a difference. You know, as long as you, I think. Yeah. <laughs> what I tell people is, that, you know, everything is okay as long as you have logic and a purpose behind it. You know, and 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 then you can figure out if that was a good thing to do or not later on, and 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 help the horses that way. That's awesome. I'm so happy you gave permissions for that, and I think that's something I needed to hear. So glad sure. I asked that question. Yeah. Thank you. And then I wanted to know if you have any tips or tricks during the off season to prepare your green horse for their first show season coming up. Besides, you know the working them in the arena to get the flat work down, but the mental exercises of there's going to be a lot going on and kind of making sure that show experience is going to be positive. Well, so I, I, a little bit, I think it depends on where you are, you know, and we mm-hmm. have a, here in Lexington, an awesome show series. It's called Snowbird. And um, there's one, it's once a month at the horse park. You can go and, and it's not expensive. Uh, we actually have a lot of horses that are scheduled to go this this winter and fall uh, for various reasons, you know, either we're moving up a level Mm -hmm. or, you know, one of them's terrible in the warm up, and, you know, just certain things. So I think number one, schooling shows are phenomenal Mm -hmm. for that. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things they don't get better until they go. We can do all day long. (laughs) You can, you can do all all the preparation in the ring at home that you want. And that's very good. Mm -hmm. That's a, don't, don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. you got to get off the farm. You got to load them. You got to take them somewhere. You got to, you know, get them off the trailer. You've got to do all of those things. Um, so even like they, taking advantage of like winter clinics and things oh, like that. Oh, yeah, go the farm to a friend's general, house. I think. Yes. Yeah. And then get you get a little bit of a sense. It's all about knowing your horse. I really mm-hmm. try and know each individual and, and try and 
treat them a little bit differently and, and what they like and what's going to give them confidence. And, you know, mm-hmm. so even going to a horse show, I might say uh, with one horse, like, oh, this horse needs, just needs to get in the ring a lot. You know, mm-hmm. I just need to get him experience. And then and other horses that tend to be a little, you know, get tired a little quicker or, or just don't have the stamina, I would say, okay, I'm going to just take this one and enter in one class and come home. Yeah. You know, whatever. you got to know your horse to give the horse a good experience. Um, you know, there's no cookie cutter way to take a horse to a mm-hmm. horse show and have success. You just have to say, okay. you got to go. you got to know yourself and say, I, you know, I have a lot of show nerves. I'm just going to go and I'm just going to go to the warm up. I'm going to pay a class fee and I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to go into the ring or whatever. Right. Just, it's kind of baby steps. Um, some horses I'll lunge, some horses I won't lunge, some horses, you know, like they're all a little different. Um, so again, you try and make a plan, you test out your theories, you go and you say, Oh, that didn't really work. Uh, I'm going to come home, make a better plan, go back again. You know, there's always a risk in in going somewhere or going to a horse show that it's not going to go well. I mean, you can't, you can be overprepared and that can still happen. Um, I think again, just making a plan, following through with the plan and then coming home and really evaluating what worked and what could be a little you know what you could have done a little better or you know, what's what's uh, what's if you're going to wait another three months before you go another show that's fine or okay it feels good or whatever i want to go back next weekend i mean that you know well yeah and it, it is and, and i think horse shows are a lot because you know just even getting packed getting your trailer loaded going on a little ride i mean there's a lot of steps for your horse to go do that so like for example going to a winter clinic is great because a lot of times you know you can load up you can go to your friend's house that's having the clinic and maybe the horse gets to stay there for a couple days or you know when we have clinics here we try to be super friendly of course use the ring lunge whatever you need to do take care of it and uh, I think so clinics are a great start and uh, you know you just sometimes you have to say you know what I'm gonna take that horse off the property every two weeks you just have to say, I'm going to do this because at the end of the day, that's what makes a good show horse is that they've seen a lot and they've done a lot and they've gone a lot of places. And, you know, sometimes taking a buddy with that horse is good. Sometimes that's bad. Um, you know, I think you just have to do it. And and even it, it just reminds me of what just happened with my youngster, uh, the horse I talk about, Follow Me, that I just got. Mm-hmm. You know, he is... Uh, He's been showing all season, but we just went to the regionals. I mean, it was the biggest show that horse has ever seen. And because he had a pretty good foundation of, okay, we went to some little shows in Florida, then we've gone to some bigger shows, and we've, you know, we've kind of taken it one step at a time, which has been great. Um, He went to the horse show, and he was really nervous, and I could feel it, and I just let him stop and sort of just take it in and then he sort of took a deep breath and we were able to proceed. So, um, you know, you'll find that even once you get him to the schooling show, then you've got to take him to the recognized show and then you can take him to the bigger <laughs> shows. And it's a constant with a youngster. Um, you know, don't be in a hurry. Have lots of time. Uh, have mm-hmm. have all your people, have all your things organized. You know, those are all things we've talked about before. Um, and, and I think that's incredibly important as you as you go through it. So uh, we wish you such great luck, Joy. Please keep in touch with us. And uh, thanks for calling into the show. We loved having you. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate all of this. I can't wait to put it in practice. Well, let us know how it goes, okay? 
This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Researchers have confirmed that as horses age, they naturally become less sensitive to insulin and more susceptible to health problems caused by too much sugar in the diet. One way to reduce the sugar content in a horse's diet is to replace sugar-laden grains with a high-fat supplement. Fat is an extraordinary energy source. It is readily utilized by the horse and contains more than two times the calories of sugary grains. Equijule Stabilized Rice Bran is an excellent fat supplement. It contains a balanced calcium-to-phosphorus ratio and won't cause mineral imbalances when added to the diet. Its all-natural ingredients are high in healthy fat and fiber. Best of all, Equijule allows owners to easily replace the calories previously supplied by sugary grains. When you need to add healthy calories to your horse's diet, choose Equijule. To learn more, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Well, for our listener question show, I'm super excited to have Stephanie Griffiths from New York City on. Stephanie and I have actually met in person last year when I visited Glenn and Jennifer, and she came into the studios. So welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thanks. Hi, guys. We love that you're here with us. It's so exciting tonight. I know. I'm I'm really excited. I'm pretty <laughs> so- new to the dressage show, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to your expertise. Well, well, we will try, won't we, Phil? We try our best all the time. <laughs> no, pr- no pressure, no pressure. I know, like, I just got a little nervous. Uh, so, <laughs> Stephanie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so, I am a project manager in New York City. I manage high-end renovations. Um, I started riding about two years ago, and I grew up in Connecticut uh, about two hours away, and so, basically, I started riding near my mother's house because, you know, I'm sure you can imagine things are quite expensive around here um so yeah i started riding and pretty much how did you get that start what what makes you just okay i'm gonna go riding like sorry i just that's an interesting story yeah (laughs) um well so i i had a couple friends that um had horses and um allison reese who you met she and i actually met at a tango marathon because that was my former obsession. Wow. Um, Probably cheaper. (laughs) Probably cheaper. Tango obsession. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I (laughs) think that was expensive. Yeah. um, So so she, you know, she worked for Michael Pollard and she was an inventor and I was like, wait, you ride horses for a living? Like that's the coolest thing I ever heard. So, um, so that happened. And then a a few months later, um, I American Pharaoh won the triple crown and I had kind of gotten into watching racing the year before when California Chrome was a big deal. And so he won the triple crown and I was just like, that's it. Like, I'm, why am I not riding? Like I've always wanted to do this. So at 38 years old, you know, I decided to pick up this, you know, not too dangerous, not too expensive hobby. (laughs) (laughs) And and my first, my first lesson was the following week. That's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah, so I, cool. I love story. That yeah, is so cool. Kind of so now tell us, I mean, you live in New York City, you have a super stressful job. How do you make it work? Because that's insane. I mean, honestly, the horses right now are what keeps me sane. Like I was, I won't lie, I was pretty miserable. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I was trying not to be, but my, my job is super high stress and super high pressure and a lot of money on the line. And, um, and the horses are just like, give me two days on the weekend to just absolutely tune out and not have to think about anything but them and what I'm doing. And, you know, it's, it's, yeah, that's it's great. a lot of people say totally it's therapy. It that. has truly been therapy for me. Yeah. So, so yeah, so of, basically uh, every Friday, Saturday morning, Friday night or Saturday morning, I'll drive up there, load up my two dogs and my cat in my car. Yes, I'm a little crazy. And uh, go to my mom for the weekend and ride. Oh, that's so Kind cool. of the, the, weekend, the weekend warrior type. Yeah, yeah. So are you riding your own horse? Do you lease something? I what am is- now. So, so this was my lesson horse, actually, two years ago. And... Um, you know, he, he was my second lesson horse after they're like super pokey numb one, you know? Um, and he's an off track thoroughbred and he's just such a sweetheart. I absolutely fell head over heels for him. And, um, he was sold actually and, and not treated very well for six months and then he came back. So long story short, uh, he was back last year and we rode again for another four or five months and then he um was i think he had a sinus infection or something something was happening physically that kind of like a few weeks in a row i just wasn't able to ride and i had started to ride at another barn who had like you know these amazing schoolmasters and i was making so much progress and as much as i loved luke he was still kind of on the green side you know he didn't have a whole lot of training you know, he just had an amazing temperament. So she just threw people on him. Um, so I felt like I was spending and I was leasing him actually at the time. So I felt like I was spending my money kind of training him, you know, like training some sure, yeah, horse, yeah. and sure, I don't even know yeah. what I'm doing. Like I want to learn how to actually really ride. So I, I kind of, you know, parted ways and, um, I had already told her I bought some property actually outside of Tryon. And I had already told her, you know, when you're ready to retire him, he's got a home forever with me, with me. And, um, you know, that call came sooner <laughs> than sooner I thought. Than you thought it <laughs> We've been there. Yeah. Yep. You know, I was thinking a few years down the road, I'll have my property, just bring them home. We can eat some grass, like won't cost too much. No. So she texted me in, uh, I guess it was the end of May and said, you know, I'm thinking about selling Luke. Would you be interested? And I was like, well, how much? would you sell him for? And she said, Oh, well for you, I'd give him to you. I'm like, we all know there's no such thing as a free horse. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, I went, I was like, all right, I'll quote unquote, try him. So the following week and I went to see him again and, um, you know, he still had the same little quirks about his ears and cross ties and whatnot, but we got out to the arena and I got on him and starts throwing his head like a madman. And I, I couldn't even, like I was, I, I mean, it looks painful just sitting there. And so, she, so I tried to, you know, pick up a trot and see if that would change it. Nope. So I just got off him and I was like, that's it. And she was like, that's it. I was like, it's fine. I'll take him, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to, I, he's clearly unhappy about something. So I'm not going to ride him. And so before I got him, I said, you know, have you tested him for Lyme? Cause you know, all horses up here have Lyme, unfortunately. And uh, and the barn where I was volunteering is half rescue. And, you know, I, so I've had experience with some of these horses with really bad lines yeah. and, uh, turns out he had it. And so, uh, you know, I moved him over there to that barn that I was volunteering at. And, um, 
which is super lucky because it's an amazing place. It's beautiful. Um, they're really great people. I can't imagine trusting him actually with anybody else really. Um, and you know, treated him and he, he kind of came back and as you know, the old Luke I knew started to come back. He was quite spooky, uh, which was totally out of character for him. Um, and we, we've been working on that and we've made a lot of progress, but I mean, he was, you know, he's spooking at ground poles and he was jumping three feet last winter at IEA shows. So like, I don't really understand <laughs> what happened there, but so mm-hmm. we've made some progress. Um, <clears throat> but the other thing most notably, I guess, is that, you know, he was, you know, a little hunter pony going to IEA shows. And I realized I, when I changed trainers, um, and my new trainer is a hunter trainer as well, but she's, you know, she's been doing it a million years. She's amazing. Um, she made me sit the canner and sit the trot. And I had never actually done that before. And, and then I realized even looking at old photos and old videos of Luke, like, I don't think anybody's actually really sat on him before. So that's what we've been working on. And um, it's just, it's, it's hard to, I'm trying to figure out how to find that happy medium between leg and hand I mean he's a thoroughbred so you give him some leg and he's ready to go but yep. then I'm also trying to keep pressure on his mouth so that he kind of tries to stay collected and doesn't take off with me um but like whether I'm trotting or cantering it's oh that's the, always the problem where like I can sit it but I'm bouncing all over the place because he's going so fast but if I'm trying to slow him down he almost always breaks to, if we're cantering, he breaks to a trot. And if we're trotting, he breaks to a walk. And, you know, we have made a little bit of progress. We're um, kind of starting to find that a balance, but more often than not, it's just, you know, he's like, oh, okay, I'm walking, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and then I'm stuck. So, yeah, I don't really, I guess also because, you know, because he had so much go and he's such a good boy that he didn't need a lot of pressure to stop. And, you know, I was really a beginner when I was riding him. So that's pretty much what I knew, go and stop left and right. And so I, the other, I guess, part of that question is like, how much pressure should he have on the bit? You know, because I know some horses require a different amount. And I just, I kind of feel like I maybe feel a little guilty or something when I'm like, on his mouth so I tried like not to be at all but also you know my trainer was saying to me last weekend because we we are getting him over poles now and even trot poles which is nice um and sometimes he's jumping the ground poles ground poles which is really cute but (laughs) you know apparently I was doing a a relief going over the ground poles and I didn't even realize I was doing it and she was just saying you know you have to keep the pressure on his mouth he feels like you're abandoning him when you kind of just like release and like, he's like, where'd you go? So, you know, just a little more insight into bit pressure and the relationship between that and leg pressure, just to keep him moving. That was a really long story. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I liked it. I mean, yeah. I love it. I love hearing the stories about how people come to be riding the horses that they're riding and, uh, and all of this, you know, the backstory and, and, and where, and where yeah. we're at. So, I, this is not where I expected to be at all, but I'm so happy I am. <laughs> I, you know what? I think that's the main thing with horses. I think we could probably all say that at some level. Yeah. Um, so let me have a question um, for you. Uh, when you go to canter, how much canter are you doing? I don't know what you mean by that. In, like so, time like, frames? Yeah, you canter for like 
five minutes or do you canter like a half a circle? Do you canter 10 circles? Like, so when you're having problems in the canter, like how, how many circles are you doing or long sides or? No, um, not too much at once because I, you know, mm-hmm. I listen to you guys enough to know to work on transitions. Mm-hmm. Um, Good. Yay. Yes, Phil. And five. I don't want to punish him, you know, for, for, you know, picking up the wrong lead or breaking. Cause I know he like, he's just, he's such a good boy. I just love him to bits, obviously, but he really listens. And I, like, I know he's trying to figure it out. So, you know, it's like, we're just kind of learning each other's language and, but he's always trying. So I try not to, like, even if he breaks, I try not to punish him. I will ask him to canter, you know, I'll let him take two steps and ask him to canter again. That's not what we were doing. Um, But so I, to answer your question, not, you know, maybe in the big arena, you know, maybe a lap because it's really big. In the small arena, maybe two. Um, that's on the left lead. On the right lead, sometimes I'll stop because he he's really unbalanced and it's sometimes a little bit scary um, when he's on the right because he just kind of sure. like he compensates by just kind of taking off. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Just goes like, like, well, I the reason it, I like, asked that kind of just goes sideways. Sure. So the reason I asked that, and, and let me ask you too, is he, do you only ride him three days a week or is he ridden sort of when you're, when you're at work, does, no, does your trainer ride him? Two days a week. Okay. No, nobody rides him. Okay. Well, well, that's okay. It's just, just curious. Um, so a couple yeah. things, um, that I would, w- would suggest, first of all, um, as you know, three days a week is, is not a lot to, to have yeah, a horse, especially a horse that, that needs to, um, <laughs> Uh, you know, it needs to develop and get stronger. So yeah. I, when I hear this about a horse that's ha- struggling with the canter work, um, one of the things, do, do you ever lunge him or does he, does he know how to lunge correctly? He does. A, he does a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. The reason I ask that too is, <laughs> is, you know, that could be something uh, that could be done potentially during the week, once or twice, to when sort of help with his balance, right? If there's somebody, right. you know, that, that's trained and, and qualified to be able to teach him that or work with him to do that, that would be mm-hmm. one thing, just to kind of help with strength. Because a lot of times the running in the canner is from lack of balance and lack of, right. you know, it, so, so in lack of strength. So I think in this case, lunging could be helpful. It also could get him out a couple days a week uh, to bump you up to more of the four or five range, which you know, right. as we all know, like you work out four or five days a week, it's way better than two or three. However, two or three is fine, yeah. better than nothing. You know what I'm saying? So, so if you could bump yeah, it up to absolutely. even lunge once or twice a week, I think you could, you would feel a benefit to that. Um, again, okay. it needs to be properly lunged and, 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 you know, I right. feel like it's side reins. I mean, you know, that it has to be done well, not just running around right, right. a circle. Um, and, and there's <laughs> right. lots of resources out that, or we could certainly talk about that another question. Uh, but the other thing I like to say when I have a horse that's really unbalanced in the canter is quality versus quantity. I don't care about quantity. I don't care that he can right. go around in a circle 10 times. I don't care about that. Right. I, I really, really want him to be able to canter half a circle or a circle in good balance. So right. for me, I always, when I hear something like this, which is very common, by the way, this is not an, an abnormal thing. Um, it's like, hey, you know, try to do the transitions, right? Because the transitions are going to help strengthen him. Um, but also... Mm-hmm if you think quality versus quantity. So let's say you're on a 20 meter circle uh, and you start with a canter, uh, you start with cantering half the circle. Uh, 
and then you do your downward transition. Uh, I always like to do a downward transition toward the, a wall of some sort, if possible, um, mm. or the arena barrier or some sort of barrier. Um, regain the balance of your trot. Um, as you approach the corner marker, pick up your canter again, and then you may feel like, oh, okay, I got half a circle and good balance. I'm just going to carry on with a full circle. And then I'm going to ride a trot transition. So there's a constant sort of transition making, if that makes sense, and, 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 and yeah. bringing the horse back and doing those transitions. So you're not just zipping him around, um, you know, right. on the forehand and, and letting him run. So quality versus quantity. Phil, what do you got? Well, I'm going to address a little bit of the different question is the amount of pressure on the bit and the, and the amount of pressure, um, you know, on the bit actually relates really closely with how much pressure you have on your leg. So um, the horse going forward and accepting pressure on the bit isn't such a natural thing. That's why we introduce right. early on uh, the idea of side reins. So even before I get on the horse, they're used to having a little connection to the bit with mm -hmm. the young horses. It's not a lot, but but a little connection to the bit and from the whip, I can push the horse forward. So they don't think that rain pressure, bit pressure means stop. So you've right. got a little a retraining to do, right? So yeah. rain pressure can mean stop, right. but you have to add also, you know, the way that you sit and your core pressure and, and the balance of your seat and your riding so that there's a few things that mean stop. Because if the horse only stops because you pull on the reins, you're not. You're never going right. to be able to connect the back and get into some better sitting track. The only way to sit on the right. horse is if he holds his back up a little bit better to give you something to sit on. This is this is a little bit. You yeah. know, it's a little bit of a catch twenty two because a rider wants to learn to sit, but the rider can't learn to sit until the horse is round. And right. so you have to go st take a step back and say, I need to get my horse rounder. So, you know, or activating the back or however you want to say that on the bit. You know, mm -hmm. so that you. You aren't bouncing on his back and making the problem worse. Right. And, you know, knowing that he's coming from being a schoolie who didn't have a lot of training, was just a good boy. Like, you know, yeah, she put all kinds of kids on him and, yeah. you know, that's, that was it. It was, it was leg means go, reins means stop. So, right. you know, it's, so like it's I said, there's a retraining can, to do. Yeah. yeah. I can see how and, it manifests. And to, and, and, yeah. And to start that, what you do is you halt the horse. You add a little rain pressure to see if you can drop the nose a little bit. Not a, not a lot, but a little vibrations into the mouth. Massage the mouth a little bit. And then ask them to take one step forward while keeping that connection. So don't let the reins go every time you want the horse to go forward. Because that's not helping your right. training. Right? right? So if you can teach the horse that, and that's, that's going to be the hardest thing to get over. Right? Is to have your yeah. leg on and the contact on at the same time and not and not have a problem with that, to accept that, that there's contact between your legs and contact from your hands at the same time. And with a little encouragement from your seat and your back a little bit, the horse steps forward. If you gotcha. can continue with that plan, then the horse, you know, can take three steps, you know, in a rounder way, four steps in a rounder way. And then with a little pressure from your hands and pressure from your legs and your seat, you can take that from walk into trot. And then you can start sitting on the horse when the horse will keep himself a little rounder as you go to trot. So this is not done at speed at all. It's one step at a time, right. you know, and you don't yeah. have to have a ton of, of energy in your trot. You just have to you kind of help the horse to accept the right shape and to accept that right. brain pressure doesn't mean stop all the time. Sometimes it can mean forward. 
And then the same, it just follows through all the way into canter. And now, you know, like if you go from halt and the horse is a little round and halt, and the moment he steps forward, he's hollow. You can't do anything from there. You can't do, you can't train the horse, right? Right. And even you can't sit because the horse is hollow. You can't, you know, you have to rise to, to give them a little bit of freedom in their back. So, um, you know, I would start it's just really, really simple. And, and, you know, then you can learn how much rain pressure, like just through experimenting. Okay. He won't move forward. Maybe I just can release a little bit and, and, and then add more right. leg. Right. And then and that, like you said, every horse is a little different in that how much rain pressure, how much leg pressure. And you can learn what the horse needs to be connected. There yeah, it's go. hard. It's hard to do the simple things really, really well. Yeah, <laughs> that's the hardest part that's, of exercise. That's, that's, that's the key of our sport is you know to do the simple things really well, and then the rest becomes easy. So give that a go. Yeah, let us know. Can I get that on? Yes. Phone, yeah, absolutely. You can put on a horse radio now or, or our own dressage radio show T-shirt. Yeah. I love it. Good job, Bill. Wow. <laughs> Well, yeah, we definitely, definitely keep in touch with us. Let us know how that works. And we look forward to, to hearing from you soon. Awesome. Uh, Reese, um, any chance you're going to the makeover next week? I am going to the makeover. Yay. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll send you a message on Facebook. Yes, I will be awesome. there. Yeah, uh, and Alice in the one you met. Sounds like you have to do a meetup. Uh, we're doing a yeah. meetup. <laughs> yes. And her, you, you can't miss it. Her horse's name is Cactus Willie. Cactus Willie, how exciting! We'll definitely get, yeah. with, <laughs> definitely get in touch with. Definitely get in touch with me, It'd be fun to meet up with you and have you even come visit we'll the farm. Do. Awesome! Yay! We'll do. Right. Okay. All right. Thanks, Thanks. Dave. Bye. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. So, Phil, today for our Total Saddle Fit tip of the week, we're going to talk about the synthetic shoulder relief girth, uh, which everybody knows we love these girths, we use these girths, and I really like this um, synthetic girth. Uh, Justin is awesome and actually sent us a couple to try, uh, and it, it has been fantastic. So, it is affordable, it's antimicrobial, and it's super easy to clean because it's synthetic. And yeah. as we've all talked about, shame me, I definitely hose the girths off a little you, you bit. Hit the, you hit all your, yeah, you hit all your girths with the hose. So this is I know, it's Justin hates, so this is a perfect girth for me. Yeah, um, I was really thankful for this girth the last week because we had some seriously <laughs> hot temperatures and, and the horses were getting all that you know, lather, you know, a little bit lather after the ride. So we, uh, we, we used the hose on them. So I was a little bit taking after Reese for, for that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this, the, it's the shoulder release version of the girth. So it's got the great shape, just like the leather versions. It sits on the horse perfectly. Doesn't allow the the saddle to move anywhere, left, right, forward, back. That thing's going to hold your saddle right in the right place. If you have any of those sort of issues on the rounder horses, especially, um, I I love to use this girth and, and put it on my Frisian. Works perfect. Mm-hmm. So it has unique shoulder cutouts for the elbow clearance, and um, it's compatible and comparable to the Soto Saddle Fits. 
100% wool fleece cover. So it has a cover too if you need a horse. I haven't had any problems with um, these girths with girth galls, but if you do, it, it's certainly possible and Justin has a fix for that. So you can get your Total Saddle Fit shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com and Justin, as always, is there to help you with any questions, but this is a great option. It's affordable. It's easy to clean, uh, and, and we both use it every day. So uh, thank you, Justin, for that. So, Jen, for our Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, you actually have a question for Phil and I, a personal question. So, Jen, go for it. My horse did, did like the last horse, amazingly enough, he didn't come with a right, a right lead. I know he can use a right lead because he uses it in the pasture. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right, and right, right. He will land after a little tiny jump and canter along on his right lead. Yep. And he has, I think, on two occasions since I got him, picked up his right lead um, while I was riding him and I was trying to get him to do it. Got it. Um, but the lady told me when I bought him, oh, my, even my trainer can't get his right lead. He just has to run him into it and sometimes he gets it. It's like, okay, fine. When he canters on his own, on the right uh-huh. lead, uh-huh. he has his haunches to yeah. the right. He's almost on four tracks. Yeah. He's got his camera. Yeah. He's so far in. It's like in a haunches in. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. He's showing fourth level then. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah do so what people do. <laughs> I'm thinking because I've never pushed the issue with him because he gets himself all wound up into a knot as soon as you sure. start asking for it because he's got baggage there. Is it am I better to get him to go straight and have him figure out how to get the lead straight or am I better to let him swing his haunches in there because that's how he knows how to do it. I'm in a quandary. Where do I go? Well, that you know the the bending work that we talked about earlier with Joy. Mm-hmm. Do you do that with him? Not a lot. I I ride in the oh. arena very little because he's super ring sour. Mm-hmm. I could do that you in the fields that. and stuff. You but... Do that, sure, of course. So, you do so that start the there to start with that whole bending. Yes, you can stretch that side while you shorten the other yes, side. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah, you've got that. I, it sounds like you have that issue going on too. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, he's super ab- stiff. Super stiff. Yeah, yeah. So I think doing that bending work is going to be like super, super critical. Yeah. That would be the first thing. Okay. Like work until, on that until I can do that. Don't even worry about cantering. Basically, yes. Okay. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, until you, I'm and, down and, with cause that. What, yeah, because what you want to do is be able to do a leg yield, right? Do a yield into the canter. And if he throws his haunches far in or if he's, you know, you want to be able to have the ability to say, no, you know what? I need you to yield to the outside ring. I need you to move over. Also, turn on the forehands. Anything that teaches him to stick the right hind leg in the direction of his two front legs. Yeah. Does that make and that's that interesting sense? that you say that because the one day that I got him to pick up his right lead. Now he he had the correct lead for two strides, and then he switched yep. in the yep. he switches in front. He keeps it correct. Yeah, it's a balance thing. Yeah, it's a balance thing. The way that. I got him to do it was to leg yield into it. So I'm going to just say, yep. okay, yep. we're just going to do lots and lots of softening, so a you get yielding. wet noodle. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I would do. Okay. A lot mm-hmm. of wet noodle action until he's like, oh, you need me to wet, be a wet noodle? No problem. I can do that all day long. And then I think you'll be in really good shape. I'm yeah. doing that. You have, if, you, if you have enough success to be able to leg yield in the trot, and then actually I would teach the horse to do shoulder in in the trot, yep. then you have a chance of getting the horse somewhat straighter in the canner. You know what? He yeah. did it from. We did it from the walk. Yeah. 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 Because, because as soon as I trot, as soon as we're, sure. we're picking up a trot, as soon as he feels me it put my inside leg on him and I even think about canter, he goes, I know what you're going to ask me and I'm going to hate it. And he anticipates. 
So I thought, well, well let's try this at the walk because we never do that. Baggage. And I just kind of lucked upon it. So we're going to take a step back and we're going to get all spaghetti-ish. Yeah. And we'll yeah, revisit exactly. this in about six months. <laughs> yeah. It may not take that long. Well, it he will because I only ride him twice a week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, then it'll take six months. Yes, it yeah, will. Yeah, it's gonna take some time. Yeah, or I'm gonna have to lunge him a lot, right? <laughs> well, I mean, all of that, right? I, it, it's probably not a bad idea, right? That he lunges and learns. You know, I, I, I long line him a lot, and that really yeah. is useful for him. When I lunge him, he's an absolute asshole. You can tell he's been put yeah. on the end of a lunge line and chased around, though, yeah, like hunters do. Baggage, right? Yeah, because the lady that had him was a hunter. So yeah. he just goes around. He swings his haunches oh, yeah. to the outside, and he goes around as fast as he can. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That's that. Yeah. That's not going to help. Yeah. So I put him on the long lines and I I know how to do that because I've done that for years and years. Yeah. It's great. Long lines are fantastic. Yeah. And I long line him. Now, the the tricky part is because he loves to swing his haunches haunches in, what he'll do is he'll start to push out onto the circle. So I have to tighten that outside and then he gets his haunches in in instead of staying straight. So he's kind of got my number there. So I'm going to work on that spaghetti thing. I like it. We can go there. Yeah. Yay. Thank you. Go there. Hey, no worries. Well, Phil, we love, I mean, this is our second edition of this listener questions and we love it. It's so fun to we talk had to a lot of fun, but, you know, talking to, uh, talking to the listeners and hearing about their horses and their horse experience. And, and so I'm going to, I'm going to look forward to doing it, doing it next month. So yeah, next month. So as always, feel free to send us an email or a Facebook shout out. We always love it. And we will for sure, uh, put you in the queue for wanting to come on. So we had a huge response this month. So we'll just kind of keep everybody flowing and, uh, get you on the show. So and we had a few, a few too many yeah. uh, questions to answer in this show. So, uh, we'll try and uh, we'll, we'll put another note out and to ask for for um, for more questions and maybe even if you have the same question and we didn't cover it, send it back in. It's not that we don't like the question; we just we can only cover so much every every week. Every, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But we love it and thank you everybody for participating. We always we always enjoy hearing from you guys. And as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me best probably on Facebook, and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week.